folks. We survive. We survived. We survived. Hurricane-like conditions coming out of Evanston, Illinois on Saturday, right around noon to 4 o'clock, uh, 3 Central, if you're tuning in at the local time. The Buckeyes survive, we'll say it, uh, after their bout with the Northwestern Wildcats on Saturday, noon kickoff. I mean... So much to get into. It's one of those games that it's like, just burn the tape. But, man, I think there are some things that you can pull from it. Uh, but with me today, as always, we got my normal guest, Adam Bonderar. Adam, how you doing? Having a great week, Ryan. It's always a good week after an Ohio State victory. The best part about being 9-0 is the opportunity to go 10-0. Let's go, Buckeyes. Love it. Love it. And uh, joining us, one of our favorite reoccurring guests up there in northeastern Ohio, soon to be a transplant down here, living close to Columbus in the capital city. We've got Abram Zantbauer. Abram, how we doing? Ryan, I'm doing great. Uh, looked out in my yard tonight and uh, noticed I've got I've taken a good chunk out of the, the leaf raking. Got a giant maple tree out there. Um, and the reason I bring that up is that uh, I tend to like to go do chores when Ohio State is playing bad, just to get my mind off things. Um, sure. So, yeah, uh, if the last two weeks are any indication, I have a lot of leaves that are cleaned up. Uh, I go out during half. You've been getting some yard work done during the Buckeye games. That's yeah, just saying. to, you yeah. know, just to like, uh, you know what, if I don't watch, they're going to come back. And that that's happened. So, yeah, I got a lot of leaves done over the last two weeks. So, yeah. I would say great. that's probably one of the more relatable takes that have been launched here on, on the Silver Bullet Saga podcast because – a few coworkers that I ran into this week said things very similarly. At some point, it was just, hey, let's just turn this off. The Buckeyes are going to pull this out somehow. I need to get my mind off of things because, folks, that was a crazy game that the Buckeyes played in on Saturday. Um, so often, and, and that was my opinion as well heading into Saturday, a lot of times weather gets overblown. You know, these guys are tough sons of guns. They play in crazy conditions a lot. Um the, th the problem for us, right, was the wind. The wind was absolutely out of control. They they showed the kicks in the pregame. Uh, Jesse Mirko, you know, going to put a kick up, I believe. Uh, or, I no, it was Noah Reckles, I think, practicing a field goal. The ball goes about 40 yards in the air and stays for maybe two or three seconds and then begins to come backwards as, as if it's like a boomerang or something. And when they showed that in the pregame, I was like, man, this, uh, the boys might have a little trouble throwing and catching the ball today. And that tended to be the truth. Uh, as we got into that game, Buckeyes didn't score their first touchdown until the second quarter. Uh, they didn't surpass 20 points until the fourth quarter. Um, luckily, that's one of the bright spots maybe from Saturday. They continued their consecutive game streak of scoring 20 or more points. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. Abram, you might have that one off the top of your head. Something like, what was it, 30? I think that How many was games? the 70th game, if I remember right. Uh, we, we overtook Oklahoma, which did it between that, you know, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray era. Beautiful. And, and uh, obviously crazy amount of games to score 70 or more points. And uh, I would love for the, the boys uh, on the call, if you want to look this up, you can. I'm guessing that streak probably dates back to the 2016 Clemson playoff game where we get blanked. Um, in that game and, and totally an offensive overhaul after that season. I, I'm like, 
I can't think of another game where the Buckeyes scored less than 20 points beyond that, so I'm guessing that that's where that record comes from. Glad that we now own that outright. And the good news is you do feel like you're going to get a, uh, be, to be able to stack on that a few more uh, here through the end of the season. Folks, you didn't tune in to listen to us drown on about how terrible the Buckeyes looked last Saturday. They did. They looked terrible. The coaches would admit it. The players would admit it. We couldn't run the ball. Northwestern was built for an ugly game like that, bringing all kinds of wildcat formations out on the field, just running it, you know, the entire time. Um, but the Buckeyes, they survive in advance, right? That's what we're talking about at this time of the year. Jim Trestle told us best, right? September's for pretenders. We get to November, it's for contenders. And at this time of the year, you're just trying to win, and that's what the Buckeyes got out of Evanston with on Saturday. Um Kind of uniquely, it affected our offense, right? Because we are so built on the pass, right? That is our whole thing. That's the reason C.J. Stroud is now the outright Heisman favorite entering into the second week of November here. Um, but, man, you know, you get that wind in that stadium, that wild kind of atmosphere, also the emotional letdown after playing Penn State tough the week before, and you have what was an ugly performance, obviously, from the Buckeyes offense on Saturday. The defense, you know, some 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 gripes a lot of fans may have had on some missed tackles, um, but at the end of the day, only giving up seven points is definitely a victory, uh, no matter who we're playing. And the Buckeyes get out of there with a two-score victory. Is there anything anybody wants to share about the Northwestern game before we move on? Because I know I'm ready to just turn the page. Okay. With that, we will move on. Uh, this Saturday is a noon kickoff against those Indiana Hoosiers, the candy stripers, as we like to call them sometimes. Um, definitely, it feels like a get-right game, right? Right now, looking at the weather forecast on Saturday, it's going to be cold this weekend. There is a hurricane off the coast. Uh, Florida right now, we'll see what that weather looks like by the time it makes its way up here into Ohio this weekend. Um but there's no way the conditions are going to be as bad as they were last Saturday. So you do feel like the Buckeyes are going to get back on track on offense. Um, you take a look at the ESPN uh, matchup predictor. They're giving IU a 1.5% chance of upsetting this game. Obviously, those numbers never mean anything. But they can point towards right what the outside crowd is looking like when two teams line up on a Saturday. Adam, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you think you can expect uh, against the Hoosiers? Well, we might get into it a bit more in Adam's gambling corner, but the line's at 40 points, and uh, I, I, I'll i save my pick for then, but I, I think that is accurate. If the weather's good, I think CJ's going to put on a Heisman performance against a bad Indiana team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know if it, it – they're not the best team in Indiana. They're not the second best team in Indiana, especially after this past weekend. I don't think it's going to be close. And we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that more with just all the excitement we saw last Saturday night. Um, it definitely made that win age a lot better, right, for Buckeye fans. As that day went on, you started feeling just a bit more grateful just to win against even a terrible 1-7 Northwestern team. Um, we do have a special guest, and I want him to chime in while he's able to join us here on the podcast, Stanley Skokie, out there in the nation's capital uh, doing the Lord's work, shaking hands. Big day for Stanley yesterday. Uh, as again, us here on the Silver Bullet Saga, we always promote going to the going to the polls on election day. Vote early, vote often, uh, like Stanley likes to say. But Stanley, uh, anything you'd like to chime in with 
uh, as far as the Buckeyes matchup against the Hoosiers on Saturday. Yeah, I'm excited to finally watch the Buckeyes play in good weather and see if we can, you know, get this offense back on track. Uh, we kind of went through this spell last year a little bit where our offense struggled um, against Nebraska and Penn State last year. And a lot of people want to point to the play calling for it or point to, you know, CJ missing throws. But, you know, um, high-powered offense like ours, you're bound to struggle eventually. And I'm glad it was against, you know, kind of two lower opponents so we can get that out of the way before we get to uh, the big game at the end of the year. That's a great point you bring up, Stanley. And I'd love to point Buckeye fans back to 2014 and 2002, right? We were not blowing teams out every single week. There was never a point where it was like we're winning every game by four touchdowns. There was a number of close calls in both of those national championship seasons. And a lot of times you'll see that, you know, just from the team element, not, these aren't losses, obviously, but they're tough games. You know, it's adversity that the, the team has to be able to get together and overcome on their own. And nobody's pretending that Northwestern's a good team. Not, they're not. They're terrible. They are the worst team in the Big Ten, which is saying a lot because we have a lot of bad teams at the bottom of the Big Ten. But any given Saturday, right, those guys are on scholarship too, even if the scholarships look a little different up there at Northwestern. Um, you know, the Buckeyes found a way to get it done when a lot of things weren't working. And, Stan, I want to go back to something you just mentioned there, right? There were there were some positives to take out of that. Yes, C.J. missed some throws, obviously because the wind was a crazy factor that day. You could see the ball shifting literally as it was getting into receivers' hands. But C.J. did something on Saturday that he's never done in a Buckeye uniform, which is putting his head down and picking up gritty yards, running the ball, on a few quarterback-designed runs. And the one, I got it pulled up here, uh, his long on the day, right, it was for, what was it, 40 yards? I need to pull up my box score. Um, yeah, his long on the day was for 44 yards, his, his carry. He was averaging 13 yards per carry. He ran it six times. And literally, that was the difference. I mean, CJ took it on himself to win us that game. It wasn't a flashy win. It wasn't that. It wasn't a flashy performance. It's not going to go right on his, you know, top three Heisman games. But we had a quarterback that did something that made himself very uncomfortable, right, leading up to Saturday. But he did what he needed to do to win the game, and I was I was really glad to see that. Just as far as him taking a step, we know CJ can make the throws. He's shown us over and over again he can hit guys where nobody else can do it. He can put the ball in a place where only his guys can get it. But on a day where the passing game doesn't work, he puts it on on himself uh, to win it. Abram, just talking about you know this this coming Saturday. Obviously, I don't think CJ's going to have to kind of get that call to run it nearly as much on his own. But talk about some things you'd like to see uh, heading into the game on Saturday. Points. Points on the scoreboard. No, uh, so uh, Adam kind of mentioned it. We, we might save our picks for later, but just to give a little quick sneak peek, sneak peek here, uh, if, if that line is at 40, I might, uh, you know, responsibly uh, put a big stack on, uh, on uh, you know, I might lay the points here. I might take Indiana because, uh, you know, a little emotional, little emotional hedge here just so that we can, um, just so in hopes that I can, you know, responsibly pay for a big win uh you know for it to go in my, the opposite fashion of myself um yeah i i, I want to see us get back to um putting up big yards uh but I, I saw that the offensive line and the 
CJ were working on the the run game, advancing that a little more. Uh, so I think they they really are focused in on that. That they know that they have to to get that back uh, if they want to be a team going into the Michigan games, going into a potential Big Ten championship, and and any 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 aspirations they have after that. So yeah, just uh, I want to see again. I want to see any type of offense uh, continuing to get back to what they what they what I know they can do. Yeah, uh, I think you nailed it right there on the head. This is a, you know, all, all of us on this call, most Buckeye fans around the country, we know, right? We're not that concerned about playing Indiana this weekend. It's not that, you know, necessarily of a of a nervous uh, matchup, right? What we are nervous about, and we'll get to it kind of down the line, right? How are we matching up against the folks in blue and gold just up the road? Um, you know, what are we going to look like on the on a couple days, the two days after Thanksgiving at noon in Ohio Stadium, which is going to be one of the greatest games ever played. It's it's slating up to be one of the biggest matchups ever, right? And you look at that team up the road uh, in the state up north, and what do they do well? Man, they can run the ball. They can pound the rock. Uh, they can move the ball down the field. They've, they've shown that against a bunch of opponents. That's something that we have struggled with recently. If we're going to have long-term success and eventually be able to capture a national championship this year, it's going to be imperative that not not that we're built on the run, but that we that that the running game with the talent that we have and our big back in mind Williams and our quick home run hitter and Travion Henderson, it's going to be pretty imperative that those guys are being productive. You know, it's not like they're going to have to carry this team, but they need to be able to complement the great, you know, prolific passing offense that we've seen CJ is able to make happen. And if those guys can go back and forth and, and dice up somebody on the field and the running game's doing their part, there's not a team in this country that's going to have an answer for that, especially with the way the defense has been playing under Jim Knowles this year. So all that to say, we could, if there's anything else we need to share about, you know, Indiana, I could I could tell you about their quarterback, uh, what is it, Bazelak. He's got 12 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the year. He's about 500 passing yards behind C.J. Stroud. He's been asked to do a lot more and has done a lot less uh, kind of with his attempts on the field. Um, same thing can be said with their rushing offense, 339 yards for Shivers, uh, the running back that they've got only four touchdowns on the year. Um, you know, this is not a prolific, right? We've talked about this a couple years in a row. Tom Allen has done an okay job. He had a great COVID year you know, while he was there at IU, but this is not that same team. They do not have Michael Penix Jr. walking in there to be able to make it a game against the Buckeyes on Saturday. This is one of those games where Ohio State needs to look like they are ready to play in a national championship. And as much as I gave them a pass last Saturday, I wasn't, you know, obviously I was frustrated, but it's like, what are you going to do? You know, at some point the conditions do impact the way you're calling and playing a game. This Saturday, I think expectations definitely got cranked up a notch after we saw what happened later the day on Saturday. Uh, Adam, I think we let's turn the page here and talk about playoff rankings and kind of where things sit right right now. Um, Adam, I'll, I'll give you the choice. Can you tell us about one of two games that transpired last Saturday? You can tell, talk to us about Clemson and Notre Dame or talk to us about Georgia and Tennessee or talk to us about Alabama and LSU. In the hopes of trying to protect, you know, the sanctity of Adam's gambling corner, we're going to talk about a game that I didn't bet on last week, at least with fake money on the podcast, which is Clemson going to Notre Dame. 
and getting their butts whooped by the Catholics of South Bend. It wasn't a game. It's one of those games where they say the score does not show uh, truly how the game went. There, Clemson was never in it. 14-0 to zero, the game was over. They had no offensive chance at all until backups started going in and backup quarterbacks, pick sixes for 98 yards, stuff like that. Couldn't have been more impactful for our strength of schedule as Buckeyes winning that opening season game against them at home. Um, this weekend went about as well, other than meat chicken, if they would have come up short against Rutgers. I mean, that would have been just the, the, the secretariat of a college football weekend for an Ohio State fan. Um, loved seeing it. I'm a Clemson hater. Adam, any, Adam, any, any shout-outs for you, Adam? I, I was about to get there. Any shout-outs for you in the Clemson or Notre Dame fan bases you want to fire off here on the pod? Notre Dame fan bases, uh, either one got a shout-out, Cousin Kayla. Cousin Kayla, big ND fan. Hope to go with her up to South Bend next year. Todd Dar, of course, my financial advisor. Um, you know, this is a big win for our Edward Jones folks of the world. Um, as far as Clemson goes, I mean, I think you like worked with some of them at an old job or something, and they're just they're all insufferable. And uh, so, I was hoping you, know, you were gonna fire it like off. Shout say. out, shout out, Gil Wilson, big Clemson fan. Shout out, big Gil Wilson. Shout out, James Pry, huge Clemson fans. Your season's done. Um, I love you guys, but you know your season's over. You don't need to watch anymore. Uh, you can if you want to. Congrats with the Mickey Mouse ACC title that you can look forward to at the end of the season. Clemson, um, Adam, what great happened? Kind of recap there. Okay. okay. We got how'd a lot of what happened. Right, how'd you lose to the, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Okay, that's all I got. Thank you. Shout out Shane Gillis. Shout out Marcus Freeman. Shout out uh, James Laurinaitis. A few more to fire off from the Notre Dame uh, fan base. Great win for them. Um, Stanley, were you able to watch the LSU-Alabama game on Saturday? I was, yes. I actually watched it in the state of Ohio this past weekend. Uh, Take us through your emotions in overtime. Yeah, so uh, leading up, fourth quarter, close game. Um, I think Alabama has played in, what, four or five close games this year that maybe four of them should have been losses, but we'll we'll talk about that. Um, But what I saw from Alabama is their offense is not legit without a – Ohio State wide receiver transfer or a legit wide receiver like Devontae Smith or, you know, Jalen Waddle, like what they had in the past. Um, I think they really, you know, Bryce Young really won the Heisman last year because of Jamison Williams. And you kind of saw that this year in those close games, wide receivers dropping passes for them. And LSU is just, they didn't care. They had nothing to lose. You know, they have two losses. They kind of felt like, you know, I feel like the team was hearing all the crap that Brian Kelly's getting in his first season, losing to FSU off a blocked extra point, first game of the season, and then getting blown out by Tennessee. I think it just really showed that, you know, Alabama is just not what they've been in the past. They've started to lose that, you know, Will Anderson on defense is not what he was last year. I don't know if that's because, you know, offensive lines are zoning in on him, line running backs are picking up him in pass blocking, but I just saw LSU just get gutsy. They're like, we have nothing to lose. You know, quote the great Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney, you know, we brought our guts tonight. Bring your own guts. Bring your own guts. And they brought it. And Alabama did not. Yeah. And Stanley, you you nailed it right on the head. The the one thing that I will pull out, because we are haters. We're self-admitted haters of Alabama, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. They they are who – yeah, exactly. The, the, you know, they've had an amazing run these last kind of 15 years with Nick Saban. Um, 
Def, I mean, far and away the greatest college football dynasty run for 15-year span, maybe ever in the history of the sport, right? Um, and I want to give one shout-out to Bryce Young. He's an unbelievable player. I mean, I he was trying to make plays, you know, for that team, uh, you know, all the way down the line for them um, and, and tried his best to win both of those games. But, Stanley, you're, you're totally right. This, this is not the Alabama that we've seen the, the last 10 years. This is an Alabama team – that is about three plays away from having four losses on the season. And the fact that that's the case, the fact that they are, I will say virtually eliminated because there is an opportunity. If LSU drops a game and, and Bama can still make it to the sec championship here, there is still a path for Bama to make it in, which is crazy to say, but it still exists as of today. Um, Abram, I want to turn it over to you. The college football playoff dropped their second, ranking i believe right last week or this uh, last tuesday and the buckeyes check in at number two georgia goes to one um you know lots of stuff happening obviously on the rankings but you and i love the rankings i feel like we talk about it more than anything we like to look at the storylines if this happens then this happens you know all, all the different things that are going into it. And, and even before we started recording today, we started talking about what are the things we want to point Buckeye fans towards? Who are the teams we want them to root on uh, in these last kind of three weeks of the regular season? And I want to turn that to you. Uh, give us a cup, give us one game, give us a couple games, some things to point out if a Buckeye fan's listening and they're not too sure. Brian, the, the rankings are more than just a piece of paper with teams and numbers on it. Um, as we've seen, as discussions go on on message boards, uh, on video, whatever, what you say. Um, yeah, so you've you got to start looking ahead at games that could potentially push, uh, you know, scenarios that help your team. So then that way you can have the best chance regardless of potential loss that may or may not happen. Um, we talked about... Uh, before the pod that we, we want to see a scenario we want to start rooting for a scenario where the potential loser of the Ohio State Michigan game could still sneak in um, which I mean on the surface when we say it sounds crazy because it's like you lose right there at the end of the season but I mean we're talking about Tennessee that just got kind of blown out by Georgia still sitting there at five in a Abram I let, let's just stop right there for one second because you and right. I talked about that after the game on Saturday, Kirby Smart, and this is our Big Ten tinfoil yeah. hat, you know, obviously on say people it. are gonna they're gonna, gonna say, call they're, they're gonna call us crazy for having this opinion. This happens every yeah. single year. There are yeah. two SEC teams that are in it at the end of the season. They will not blow that team out of the water. Kirby yeah. had the opportunity. We saw it early in that game. Stetson Bennett was having whatever he wanted down the yes. field. They were throwing the ball, whatever they wanted to do on Tennessee. And what do they do? Great analogy for Georgia. They pulled the dogs off, right? They just sat on the ball. They ran it the rest of the game. They milked the clock out so that it was, yes, a two-score victory. But, no, they didn't embarrass Tennessee in their own stadium, and they could have. They didn't even score an actual touchdown until the end of the game when you you say they called the dogs off. They only had, what, six points prior to that? They had two field goals. They did not score a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, put your tinfoil hat on. Ryan, I just want to point something out. We, we like to talk about putting that tinfoil hat on. Oh, you know, you guys are just Big Ten. You know, you're haters. Yeah. Let me just point something out to you, Ryan. Um, you know, I love it. The, the rankings recently came out. This is a great, just a small little proof section of that. The rankings came out there, was it last night? Um, 
look toward, start looking at the end. You know, we like to focus in on that one through six, that one through 10. Start focusing in on that, that 20 through 25. You'll start to see some teams that pop up into there and you go, huh. What, what have they? What have they done? Why? Why are they? Why are they just popping in here? I'd like to point out at number twenty-three, six and three, Florida State, who, by the way, got beat by none other than LSU early in the season. Let's you know, and you say, okay, six and three. There's some other six and three teams there at that. Let's let's go they back beat LSU. and look yeah, at yeah. Florida State's schedule. They are two and two in their past four games. The two losses were against ranked teams. They have nothing that should say they should be in the rankings other than they lost to LSU, and that gives LSU another top ranking. So put, say we have a tinfoil hat on all we want. You start to see these teams pop up. I, I mean, I, I remember back to 2017, 2018, we were in a battle to see that fourth spot between Ohio State and yep. Alabama. Who's going to get in? And all of a sudden, two weeks before the final rankings come up, uh, uh, a three or four loss Fresno State comes in at 25. For no reason whatsoever. Three and four lost teams should be like power five teams. Fresno State, huh, interesting. Lost to Alabama early in the season. That gives them another ranked win. Boom, they're in. Things like a lot this, of people like to a lot in. of people like to question me, Abram, on you know Abram's electric, obviously, but how does he keep getting the invite back, folks? It's because Abram is my guy that will pull the Fresno State being ranked 25th from back in the 2014 college football season. And Abram, going off of your point, and, and we'll get back to it because there are some some games even this week and we'll point towards, those rankings between 18 and 25 are more important yes. than the teams that are ranked between 8th and 15. Absolutely. The, the folks that they slide in there just to justify that they are top 25 teams with nothing to back it up, those, those are the reasons that they use at the end of the season. So are the rankings BS? Yes. I mean, that, that's a fact. Do they also matter 100%? Yes. Both of those things are true. Because can that I is play, how can the, I play the devil, devil's advocate? Their decisions I, let me just, in the last week. I'll play devil's advocate for the committee. Adam, why don't you go ahead? Adam, why don't you go ahead? Looking at the rankings as we have it, maybe, yes, LSU was way overrated going into last weekend. For what they played, their schedule, going into that week as number 10 in the country, a little insane. But, hey, we can't go back. We're here now. I didn't hate the rankings at all. I kind of thought they were pretty accurate because of how many bad teams there are. Maybe this year we only need a top 15 teams in college football. You get the top 25, it's like, eh, yeah, this team could beat that team maybe. I have no idea. There's a lot of bad teams this year. It's very top-heavy. But I didn't mind the rankings that bad this year. I, I don't. I don't think it's about minding them or not minding them. It. it we're, we are talking about right. How? What is the pathway to get two Big Ten teams into the playoff? Right. The SEC has done it a number of times. What two or three times now in the seven years we've had the playoffs? The Big Ten has never done it, and this is the best chance we've had since the inaugural inaugural year of the 14 playoff. Um, a big Here's, one this weekend. You know what? I mean, you, we already you, you talked about do... it. Clemson's. I'm just going to say, we went Go out ahead, and Michigan loses to us by less than a touchdown. We're both in. It doesn't matter what else happens. It's going to work itself out. We are both in, and two SEC teams will be in. I I'm calling it right now. Adam, I disagree with you. As much as much as I would support that and want that TCU to happen, is losing to what, Texas what this weekend. I'm not, hey, Adam, I, we haven't gotten to that yet, but go ahead, Stanley. 
I'm just I, I I'm talking about when when the committee made their rankings and they put Michigan still at three and Ohio State at two after a bad performance. The main thing they stressed was Michigan's out of conference schedule. They didn't play anyone, and that's going to bite right. them. That's yeah. going to bite them in the butt because they lose to us. I prefaced it oh, with eleven and one Michigan with close. one ranked win. I feel I feel like Joe Rogan. Stop talking over each other, everybody. Okay. All, ahead, all, all I'm saying, Adam, is that Michigan has no quality wins other than Penn State, which they don't even really call a quality win that much because they're number 14. And it was at home. Yeah. For Michigan. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're going to find a way to put 11-1 Tennessee in there because they played four ranked teams at the time. They played a ranked Pitt who now has four losses, which is insane that they're still counting that as a ranked win. As much hey, as folks. I... This Much is going to be a big ten SEC invitational playoff. I'm telling you right now, that is <laughs> it is more likely that that will happen than it will not happen, provided Ohio State and Michigan is a close game. If it's if it's more than a touchdown, forget what I said. But if it is less than a touchdown, that's what it's going to be. Georgia, OSU, Tennessee, Michigan. Write it down. Uh, folks, li- pull, folks listening at home, pull over and write it down. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Ten- Tennessee, and, and we'll talk about it, but Tennessee has a great opportunity back into the playoff. You can already hear the arguments, right, that the that the committee will make. They played the number one team on the road and lost by less than you know two touchdowns or whatever it was on the final score. I, I can already hear it, right? That that all, that argument's going to be made. We've already come to the conclusion two SEC teams will make it. Tennessee's probably going to be the second after Georgia. We'll see what it, how it ends up shaking out. Um, all of this to say, and that's kind of where we were going to point it for Abram, it's a, it's a pretty major game. If you are in the boat of rooting for an Ohio State-Michigan rematch in a potential national championship at the end of this year, a big domino for that to fall is going to be our – Buckeye through and through Quinn Ewers leading Texas uh, to, <laughs> to to a victory over the TCU Horn Frogs on Saturday. Uh, that's going to matter quite a bit. Abram, what else do you have as far as teams for the Buckeye fans to root on? Yeah, I mean, I look at I look at games. Uh, I, I like to look at the easiest path to that. So you start to look at like where can one domino fall, and then if that one domino that just fell stands back up and takes the rest of the other dominoes out. Like, where can that happen? Uh, Let me point out a quick note with uh, Notre Dame and USC here. So if there's there's three or four teams, we got Oregon, we got UCLA, USC, Utah, sitting there at the Pac-12, might want to sneak a team in. If we can get Notre Dame to beat USC and then USC win every other game, including a potential Pac-12 championship, uh, that would make USC a two-loss Pac-12 championship. You know, I don't think that you know that would be a great discussion between them and a one-loss Michigan team. I think Michigan would they would they would they you know they might tend to put Michigan give in them the, the brand year. right yeah um, yeah. So little games like that, uh, you know, like you said, T, uh, TCU um, playing Texas. TCU is probably getting into the Big 12 championship just based on. They take the top two teams, and even with one loss or two losses, they're probably still getting in. 
TCU has a very tough schedule going forward, even throughout the regular season. They have Texas, they got Baylor, which are probably teams two and three with them at one, two, and three. Uh, they'll have to play another one. <laughs> they'll have to play a potential – they'll probably have to rematch one of those teams in that Big 12 championship. So plenty of chances there. So if we can get the Pac-12 and the Big 12 knocked out via those things, I think – I think Clemson's out. I don't see a scenario where they went out against their horrible schedule, maybe worse than Michigan's, and still makes a claim. Uh, so if we can get the Pac-12, the Big 12 out, and then the discussion is one loss ACC championship Clemson versus one loss really good team Michigan, I like our odds. I do too. I totally agree. And the traditionalists out there don't like to see the – they don't want to see the rematch. I've heard that from older Buckeye fans. Uh, around the country they love the purity of the one game and i agree right college football is a unique sport it's really hard to beat a team twice in the same year we see that all the time um but if i think if you pulled buckeye fans and you could have it once where ohio state wins the rivalry game and then in a rematch for the national championship wins against michigan that that will that would be literally the greatest championship that ohio state has ever hosted if, and but, we don't but vice don't, versa uh, well, yeah, yeah wor- exactly. Could Stanley. be the worst exactly. game ever in the world. Could be so. the greatest thing you've ever done. Could be the worst decision you've ever. Ryan, made. Ryan for those Buckeye fans, I would just say um, if you if you okay, don't want it ahead. this season, if you don't want it this season, it's coming. When we go to twelve teams, this is going yeah. to happen at some point. Probably happened the first year with 12 teams, to be honest, with where the programs are. Uh, I love it, guys. We're going a little long, so I want to turn the page. Adam, can you take us in to the gambling corner? Thank you, Ryan. Um, tough, tough week for the boys of the of the SBS last week. Um, we both went one for four, but there was some major, major upsets over that weekend and a hurricane in Chicago. I think when that happens, Vegas should just say it's a push. Here's your money back. Thanks for uh, you know keeping it safe with us. Moving on to this week, our first game will be Alabama as a 12-point favorite at Ole Miss. Now. I decided to do just the bare minimum amount of research going into these these week's lines. And against the spread this season, Alabama is 5-4 and four against the spread. Uh, their biggest differential against the spread appears to be 13 points. They've beaten the spread by 13 points at most, which was Utah State uh, at home. They were 42-point favorites, and they won by 55 Ryan, this this game to me feels like a saving saving revenge game. I think they murder Ole Miss. Um, I know Ole Miss has a good team this season, but I'll be taking Alabama and laying the points. How about you? I love it. Um, I think for me, for Bama, for the rest of the year, it's going to be a prove it thing. So I'm going to take Ole Miss. Give me the points, just under two touchdowns. Lane Kiffin, he was sitting there salivating, right, last weekend as LSU takes down Saban a few notches, you know, from his kind of great uh, threshold of where he's at. Give me those points. Um, Stanley, just give us a pick either way. Lay the points or take them. Who are you going with? Yeah. Um, well, you guys know I hate Ole Miss now because they cost me on my 11-leg parlay. Uh, yep. So I hope Alabama wins by 100, and I'm taking Alabama. Love it. Hey, Abram, Ryan. are you still with us? He's not. Adam, let's okay. continue to the next game. We'll move game on to the next game. Something else. Texas Christian University, alma mater of Bengal great Andy Dalton, uh, seven-point dog at Texas. 
This is something interesting for you rankings yeah. folks out there. We we Vegas says set that Texas Longhorns are seven points better than TCU in this game. I would take Texas money line. I think more than I would mess with the points on this one. But with that being said, horns. Gun, Gun to my head, it's Horn City, baby. I think uh, Texas comes back in a big way. Uh, this is a good year for us to have had the 12-team playoff because I think Texas with Quinn Ewers is a much different team. But uh, I'm taking Horns all day on this one. What about uh, so Ryan? You also lay the points, Abram, Adam. I'm right with you. I don't, I don't. I don't need the explanation. Yep. Uh, same thing. I'm taking Texas cover. Ewers raining touchdowns. That's what I see on Saturday. Abram, how about you? We we want Texas. We want Texas, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think TCU somehow pulls out another slight victory because everyone's it's predicting. Prob it's probably Texas. smart with those points, Abe. I don't, bl I don't blame you for that. Yeah. Texas. Okay, and that brings us to our final game of the week. Hornfrout. The Indiana Hoosiers traveling to the banks of the Olentangy to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes as 40-point dogs. One of the bigger lines of the season, 40 points. Um, Ohio, uh, yeah, it's a lot of points for a Big Ten opponent. Uh, Ohio State has, is currently 4-5 and five against the spread this season with their biggest win against Toledo. At it was a 31-point spread, and we won by 56. Uh, that being said, I will be taking the Buckeyes. For those that listen at home, this is uh, pretty much a standard for me. <laughs> That's I crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Ohio State is going to rain touchdowns and uh, receiving touchdowns. C.J. Stroud might throw for maybe his career high this Saturday. Uh, Buckeyes all day. Right. I love it, Adam. I hate that this is where expectations have gone and and, and what Vegas uh, you know ha has put on to the Buckeyes. Obviously, with a 40-point line. I'm going to read for everybody the last five scores for the games that Indiana has played in. Okay. Uh, versus Penn State at home, 45 to 14. At Rutgers, 24 to 17. Loss at or uh, at home against Maryland, 38-33. Loss uh, at home against Michigan, 31-10. Loss, 20 point spread on that. And then at Nebraska, uh, 35 to 21. Loss. What do we what do we see in that? Obviously five losses in a row, but also an average of about two touchdowns a game. You know, you can give them about 14 points they're going to put up on the board. So for the Buckeyes to cover that spread, we're looking at the Buckeyes scoring close to 60, right? High 50s if, if you're giving them uh, 14 points. It's just too much. Like, that, it's just not it's not smart money putting it on a 40-point line. I love that Adam's doing it. I hope that the Buckeyes do cover, but I'm going to take the points this week. Stanley or Abram, whoever wants to go next. I'm going to absolutely take Indiana to cover, so that way we actually do cover. So I love it. Pick. Emotional hedge from Stanley. And then Abram, potentially Abe and I watching the game together from the south end zone uh, this, this Saturday. Very excited about it. Abram, what are you doing? Yeah, we have, uh, we have you know, good luck when, uh, when we consume some hot chicken takeover, Ryan. Uh, For sure. It might possibly happen being in the student section again. Uh, Some so hot chicken takeover take canoodling. Yep. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I, we got we got Ryan and Stan here taking my advice from earlier in the episode when I said I was gonna, you know, I was gonna emotional hedge here. So uh, for that and that fact alone, I'm gonna fade you two. I'm taking the Buckeyes. Let's go! Like Let's go! On Let's go! 
I need a final score from Adam and Abram to end the episode. What's the final score? The Buckeyes cover, what's the number? Maybe pull a calculator oh, um, real quick. No, uh, it's going to be <laughs> Indiana's going to score 17, two touchdowns and a field goal. <laughs> Holy um, cow. And so, so that gives us, normally you would say, okay, 57, right? Because uh, that's 40 plus the 17 there. No, we're finally going to score 69. It's going to be perfect. 69-17. <laughs> the field goals will come at the correct time. It's going to be perfect. Mark it down. I love it. Adam, you. No, I'm going to go the same score, 69-17. I, I think that is exactly how it's going to go. <laughs> if anything, they won't score the 17, and that's how You that's guys need to put is. an exacto bet in. Yeah. I love it. No, I love that. And uh, I've got it. your guys' names written down All as right, fake boy. fans here I'll on the note thing. So let's see. Fake fans. Stanley, Ryan. Accurate. Okay. Accurate. Yeah, okay. make sure you put that down on the bet slip. Uh, folks, th thank you for joining. This is this has been a nice episode. I love having a couple of our special guests on logging into this week. Uh, for the folks at home, please share the pod uh, with one more person. Right again, we have one million listeners right now. If everybody shares it with one other person, we'll get up to two million by next week, which will be terrific. Um, you know, send us some comments. Follow us at at SBS underscore Ohio State on Twitter. Let us know what you thought about the episode. But for everybody, for the folks at home, for harvest coming to an end for Adam within these next few weeks, for Thanksgiving coming up down the line for everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Silver, Some of the best players aren't even on this sheet. I don't want, I'm not looking for the best players.